the interesting thing is there's still mostly PE money coming into LSPs rather than like anybody exiting. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Slater Pod episode 202. Hello, Esther. Hi, Florian. All right. So just quick housekeeping, SlaterCon Remote, next month happening. Uh, still got time to get your tickets. We mentioned SlaterCon London, IRL in real life, May 23rd, if I'm correct. And now, save the date, we're about to announce SlaterCon Silicon Valley, September 5th on a Thursday. Great date great location. Stay tuned for an announcement about where we're going to go, but it's going to be in the Silicon Valley. So looking forward to that. Now, today on the agenda, talking about briefly in localization, RWS, we're going to talk about IUNO, AMN, the interpreting, uh, well, they have an interpreting arm, um, the healthcare company in the US, AI Media, some good news from them. We had to see you on the podcast. Investment in Canada, we're going to talk about Boost Lingo, and then the Green Turf, an interesting tool that we came across this week. So briefly, Women in Localization opened a chapter in Switzerland, here in Zurich. I didn't actually know they didn't have a chapter, but this week they announced they are opening a chapter. Uh, great. So it's led by Amaya Sabaya Sarsosa from Varian, a Siemens Health Engineers company. Um, met her a few times here in Zurich, um, localization head there. She is joined by the membership manager, Arjana Alacic, from, also from Varian. And then um, Zoe Morrow from Avalok. Avalok is like a banking software company. She's doing the mentorship and education uh, part of uh, Women in Localization chapter Switzerland, social media, it's going to be managed by Dania Del Monte from Apostroph Group and Natalia Pita from FIFA is going to be the sponsorship managers. A manager. Makes sense. FIFA, lots of sponsors. Uh, FIFA actually based here in Zurich, even though they're shifting some of the stuff down to, I'm not sure, Dubai or Qatar. I think Qatar. But they still got a huge HQ here in Zurich, actually just a couple of kilometers from where I live. And once a year, they let the kids play there on their, on their holy grounds. Uh, so the, the final of the local kids Swiss um, kind of Zurich tournament is, is on the FIFA, uh, the FIFA pitches up there. All right. So congrats to Women in Localization on this new chapter here in Switzerland. Quick update, something we caught in our Slater Sweep service, that's the daily subscriber newsletter we're sending out, um, that RWS held the AGM annual general meeting. And so they issued a statement on sec 22nd Feb where the new chairman, and that's what they said in the statement, Chairman Chuli Southern. Uh, can we dwell on this for a second? Like what's your got right? chairman, chairwoman? Chairperson. Chairperson. I've seen that lots of times, yeah. So RWS going with the, um, I don't know, conservative, traditional chairman, Julie Southern, um, had a, a couple of um, interesting observations that she was sharing at the AGM. And they have to publish this because it's obviously relevant, right? If it's something slightly different from, or something new from their regulatory filings. Uh, so Julie Southern took over recently from Andrew Brody, 
uh, who, you know, long-term executive chairman. And now he, I think he's still a director, of course, in the company. He actually owns about 24% of RWS still. Uh, even though it's a publicly listed company, he still owns like a quarter of the company. Um, but, you know, basically stepped down as a chairman and uh, and now, yeah, passed it to Julie Southern. So they said that they see um, considerable resilience, even though there's a lot of uh, uncertainty, you know, and they're going to continue to increase the dividends, return excess capital to shareholders through share repurchase programs. That's what the stock market likes. Um, and they're also, they're not just going to, buy back their own shares, but they also say they're going to continue to invest in the business organically and through acquisitions. And, you know, there's a lot of activity on the sell side in the language industry. So there's probably some targets they can pick up. Now they say, yeah, they're mindful of the macroeconomic environment, market pressures, you know, obviously 2023, as we discussed last, last in, on the last part was not an easy one for anybody who's kind of in text-based uh, localization translation services, but they're saying they, their client retention and satisfaction remained high. They all, she also um, mentioned that in January they launched their the better program for what they call Evolve, uh, what they call like a linguistic AI solution, and they're seeing some early wins with enterprise level clients. So um, interesting, quick update there from RWS. Now, another publicly listed company is AMN Language Services. We spoke about them many, many times in the past because they have to be very transparent in what they, uh, you know, in in the information they provide about the business because they're listed. I'm not sure. Are they listed on NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange? Do we know that? Oh, it's a good question. I don't actually know. Yeah, it's AMN Healthcare anyway, That's which is the listed entity. And then obviously language services being part of that. New York Stock Exchange, sorry to jump in, not not NASDAQ, so the more traditional one. So as you said, yeah, they have to disclose um, a lot of information, as do the other uh, listed companies around the world. Um, so they've just reported their Q4 results and uh, consequently the full year results for 2023 as well. Um, generally, I mean, language services, uh, um, they're kind of standing out really as a, a pretty strong performer um, in terms of the overall business. Uh, the CEO, who is Kerry Grace, uh, said in the earnings call that language services is one of the strongest growing businesses with and has a strongest, uh, with its strongest pipeline of prospects. So interesting. Yeah. So they're saying language services uh, increased 18%. Um, that's revenues to about 68 million um, over 2023. So that's like a quarter billion dollars a year just in language services from that company. That's some quick maths, yeah. <laughs> 28, yeah, yeah, 280, 200 something, right? 260-ish, yeah, million. It's big. Yeah, it, it's big, it's big. Um, they did say there was some unexplained lower gross margin, um, which I'm sure they'll be looking at and working to improve. Um, but yeah, generally, I mean, a much different story across the wider business at AM and healthcare, their um, total revenues were down, um, I think it's 27% in the quarter um, to just over 800 million. Um, and then in uh, overall in 2023, down 28% to nearly, well, 3.8 billion. Um, so yeah, you can see why language services gets a, a lot of praise um, for, for doing uh, really outstanding growth compared to the, the rest 
I wouldn't say the rest of the business, but certainly the overall business. But think about it. I mean, like we, you know, typically, I mean, there, there, there's always criticism when, when companies acquire um, from, you know, some people like, oh, okay, this is this going to work is, you know, one and one equal three, or is it just going to be, you know, one and one equals one and a half. Uh, but in this case, I mean, this was a great acquisition for them. I mean, they paid a lot for, uh, for that, um, you know, Stratus video, but I mean, this is growing and growing and growing while the other business is struggling. I, I don't recall over the past three years a single time when they mentioned that that the language services part wasn't growing or was struggling, right? So, yeah, good 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 acquisition. The person that decided that or the group of people that decided that, good job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think they don't see that changing really at any point. Um, CEO was also saying... There's very healthy demand in that space. I mean, obviously, yeah, the healthcare interpreting sector generally. Um, and then they're saying, right, well, so now we're focusing on um, to have the supply to meet that healthy demand. So, you know, potentially some attention needed uh, to the interpreters and uh, general sort of servicing of the demand. Now, we also have AI Media, uh, who, uh, well, also a publicly listed company that announced results and they seem to be doing quite well in their transition away from human in the loop to pure software, right? Yeah, and I think it's something that they've been talking about for at least several, you know, several quarters now, I can recall um, reading that um, that same sort of uh, story in their, in their results. Um, but yeah, now they're doing this, they're doing the ongoing shift to SaaS. Um, they say now it accounts for um, I think almost half or around half of their revenues. Um, so SaaS offering grew 38%. This is in the first half of, confusingly, first half of 2024, uh, which ends December 2023. So the SaaS offering grew 38% to 10 million. Sorry, yeah. And then the overall revenues were up 10% to, to around 21 million. So yeah, pretty much half now of AI Media's revenues um, and and they say more than half the total gross profits are coming from that that SaaS piece. Um, so interesting. And so this is like multilingual captioning, um, you know, transcription speech to text, uh, live captioning. Yeah, they've got an automated live captioning solution. Um, this is their Lexi product that actually came from an acquisition of a company in 2021 called EEG. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Now recall because we had we had uh, Tony Abrahams on the podcast episode 163. So go back. This was a long discussion. Very very interesting. Well, I mean, kudos to them. This is this is a uh, it's a great transition, especially in a, in a field that seems to change so quickly. Right. Anything speech to text, subtitling, captioning. You know, with the launch of Whisper, we were discussing it. In the podcast, actually, I remember you know him saying, "Well, we you know we're we're just integrating it into into our kind of enterprise offering, and sure, it's there and it's doing a good job on the kind of linguistic component, but there's so much more to this um, when you want to you know launch this in production. So yeah, kudos to them. Now Canada, what happened in Canada? More investment today. Today it's rapid fire news. So let's go, <laughs> let's go from uh, captioning and live. Um, uh, live captioning to you know fairly conventional language service provider getting acquired or getting an investment in Canada. Tell us more. 
Yes. Uh, well, so one of the leading LSPs in Canada, Versacom, um, I'm sure many of our listeners will be familiar with them, um, announced that um, they have taken on a minority investor in Noria Capital. Um, so, yeah, this was our, actually the fifth M&A uh, story that we covered. I mean, technically, it's a press release that uh, Versacom put out, but still um, still on Slater. Um so yeah, they secured minority investment from Noria Capital. Um, you know, it's, uh, well, yeah, that Versacom, I mean, they, like I said, people will be quite familiar with them probably. Those who aren't, I mean, they're um, 300 or so employees. They're strong in banking, finance, insurance, um, sort of telco, life sciences, really cross-sector there. Um, actually grew um, 6% in 2023. And that's based on our LSPI, um, so up to about 32 million US dollars or 42 Canadian dollars. Did they do any acquisitions or did jump in? Or was that organic growth? Do we know? Not that I can recall. Um, yeah, I might have missed something, but not that I can recall in 2023. Um, so, I mean, it, it, quite interesting, uh, I found as well, is that the, the sort of the, the decision or the, the move to take on this private equity backing coincides with uh, the retirement of Vescom's founder, Benoit Leblanc. Um, so here what's happening is um, some kind of consolidation of Versacom's ownership among the executive team, they said, and then obviously taking on um, private equity as a, uh, I think, significant minority uh, shareholder was how they described it. Um, and yeah, planning to continue to grow as, as you would expect um, and want to focus on AI enhanced solutions in the next few years. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's an interesting one. Um, what's your take on it, if anything? We don't know if it's a minority investment or a majority, right? We don't know. We do know, yeah, it's a minority investment. That is interesting, um, that it's a minority. That's not, it's rareish. I mean, it's ha it happens, but it's rareish, right? And so, yeah, it's, I was just looking up Noria Capital, so it seems like it's a mid-sized private equity firm, according to the website, they have 550 million in AUM assets, assets under management. So not huge, but also not small, um, backed by, you know, all kinds of other pools of capital. <laughs> so, and they just launched a new 300 million fund to support entrepreneurs. It's called Capital Noria Second or Two. Uh, begins operations, who knows, maybe this came out of this particular fund. Yeah. Um, yeah. No major take. I mean, just something I, I wouldn't have guessed that would happen right now, like a minority investment by a private equity company now at this stage. But yeah, I mean, there's, the interesting thing is they're still mostly coming, like a, a PE money coming into LSPs rather than like anybody exiting. <laughs> so we keep... We keep saying point, that at some yeah. point these uh, these these PE guys need to need to get out again, but uh, so so far mostly um, you know investments still coming in in an interest in a, in an environment of five six percent interest rates, which is you know totally different from what we had two years ago, right? So the the hurdle rate for an investment obviously is much harder now than it was um, than it was two years ago. Um, different part of the world, uh, well, not so different. Uh, California. South Korea is Ayuna, and we had a story there. We we didn't actually cover it yet. We're, we're going to have to do a bit of digging, but uh, a Korean, like an English language Korean newspaper, had 
an exclusive where they're saying that the IUNA, and they call it the world's top dubbing firm, which I guess we agree, that they're actually going to go public, meaning that they're going to list on the stock exchange, which then would, for once, uh, let a bunch of private equity money exit uh, and an LSP. Uh, so again, this is just one story that appeared, and it's super interesting. They're saying an investment banking industry insider revealed on Feb 26 that IUNA has initiated a comprehensive valuation proce process in preparation for listing. Like, okay, I hope that investment banking industry insider isn't working for any of the firms that are actually preparing the IPO. That'd be pretty bad. But like, who who would do that? Like, okay, uh, so. Anyway, well, uh, we're glad that, that this individual did, but, you know, they covered it. They had an image of, um, of the CEO, Ayuna CEO. So the valuation, though, is, um, is quite high. I mean, they're saying, and I'm quoting here, that Ayuna aims to achieve this through M&A strategy within the year, targeting a valuation range between $2.25 billion and $3 billion. And revenues are around, uh, I can't remember, 400, 500, 450 maybe? So that is a very high valuation, unless they're like ex exceptionally profitable, which you obviously don't know, right? So to, to get that type of valuation, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, point being, maybe just take a step back that they're saying um, they're, they're still going to do M&A, uh, maybe acquire and get bigger. And so they're targeting this valuation. It's probably not based on the current business. Sounds like they're still deciding. Well, I mean, if they did list, they would still need to decide whether it's in New York or London. So <laughs> my vote is London, just in case anyone's listening. I just read this morning a Bloomberg story that London's struggling with IPOs. How so? <laughs> well, just attracting How do you struggle IPOs. struggle with an IPO? Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Attracting more IPOs. I mean, you know, Hong Kong, well, Hong Kong's struggling too, but like, I mean, New York, NASDAQ, you know, all of these, these markets, even Japan now are getting a lot more IPOs than, than London is. Well, there you go. My vote is for London. It's, apparently we need it. <laughs> you need it. Let's, let's uh, you know, list in London. List in London. Um, Boost Lingo, also killing it. 60% ARR growth. What is ARR? It's annual recurring revenue. Why can't we just say revenue? Well, because it's recurring revenue and that's what you, this is the metric you use when you measure software businesses, right? That, that have, um, you know, subscriptions and in Boost Lingo's case, maybe just kind of recurring contracts. So they're using ARR. It's a, it's a, it's a cool kind of venture capital type term. And yeah, they're saying they recorded 60% year over year increase. They're not telling us how much. Did they tell us how much? No. I did check. <laughs> so they didn't tell us how much, but well, 60% on, on, a, on a solid basis. I mean, this is gonna probably go into the double digit millions. So congrats to them. They're so embedded with the language service providers and interpreting providers, especially in, in the United States. And I mean, as we now are finding out based on our language service provider index, but also on you know these Lingo results or the AMN, AMN results we just spoke about interpreting. It's just going really, really well in the US in 2023. Very much unlike the text localization or translation business, which is flat to, to down. Interpreting is just going really well. Yeah, I'm not sure if you have a take on that. Yeah, I would, agree. I would agree in terms of interpreting. I think, yes, probably even more pronounced growth in the US, but I think he equally across Europe. Um, 
good solid growth you know or in interpreting not not probably double digits that we're seeing at some of the interpreting companies in in the US but yeah generally I think pretty solid compared to as you said um text translation and also it's 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 more private business clients I mean like private company clients, I guess, in the US as opposed to Europe, which is extremely dominated by just these big, large public sector contracts, right? So in mm, the US, point, because yeah. a lot of the healthcare system is private still in the US, um, it, it's kind of more, yeah, it's more private revenue as opposed to like these super transparent, hyper competitive um, uh, public sector contracts. In the, you know, in the UK, we spoke about it so many times in the past, these like giant framework contracts, etc. All right, then... Just quickly came across, again, in our um, daily subscriber email, something called Green Terp. But before the podcast, you know, you told me you knew them before. Yeah, um, I think we covered or covered them. I think we included them in a piece of research a couple of years ago. Um, so I was aware of the name and broadly speaking, what, what it is that they do. But yeah, tell us what's happened there. It's a Singapore-based company called Green Terp. And they, they launched something called Chiti Enhancer. And I'm not going to go through all of the PR stuff here, but basically it appears to be something that's helping persons, like human interpreters um, <laughs> with, uh, with like audio enhancement stuff, like for example, background noise removal, speaker voice enhancement, true to original sound, uh, something called, they call true to original sound. And, you know, it's both input and output. I like it because it stands out in a sea of AI announcements that now we have a company that's actually using, I guess, AI or some of these kind of new emerging technologies to enable the human interpreter, you know, like, so yeah, okay, it's a noisy environment and they'll filter out the, the, the background noise, they'll make it easier to understand uh, for the interpreter. So that's why I like this announcement. I guess for the if the interpreter happens to be in a noisy environment, I don't know why they would be, but if there's any sort of uh, like one-off sounds, you know, sometimes you drop something and it will, that, that bothers the ears of the listeners. Um, so yeah, hopefully also good for, for the audience. So let me, let me read that. So it says the background noise removal. It says Chiti Enhancer effectively eliminates disturbing background noises and echoes such as dog barks, baby cries, traffic sounds, and artifact noise from microphones. So yeah, maybe if you kind of, you know, touch on the yeah. microphone, tap on the <laughs> yeah. microphone. Um, yes, they say that this enhancement significantly improves interpretive focus and ensures a clear audio feed. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, you know... I haven't interpreted almost ever. I think it's, it's, to me, it's like a superhuman skill. But I guess it helps if you don't have any dog barking, baby crying, or traffic sound in the background. I mean, I can only imagine trying to interpret if I could hear my, especially my baby crying in another room. You'd be, <laughs> your head would just be somewhere else, wouldn't it? Let me ignore the baby crying now. I would just ignore the baby while I'm interpreting. Yeah. All good. <laughs> Does it sound life-threateningly bad or is it just like, you know bad or maybe just annoying yeah we we get that you have that you know you have that spidey sense when you have babies right is it like that's true <laughs> terrible terrible or do i have to do something now um yeah the the baby cries it's an interesting feature to list dog you start off with okay echoes <laughs> i get that but dog barks and baby cries as the 
Okay, so how often does the dog bark? Maybe when you're at home or something, yeah. Given that I'm like currently sitting in uh, in South London, the most frequent noise I hear is um, airplanes overhead coming into, I think, uh, Heathrow or Gatwick, I can't remember, and police sirens. Those would be the two. Those would be the two noises that I would want to strip out. I have church bells. Oh, that's quite nice though. They're so loud. It's incredible. Like, I mean, it's actually the church is not, it's maybe like 500 meters, but it's still so loud. I wouldn't want to live next to that church. All right. So next up for uh, Chiti Enhancer, also please remove police sirens and church bells. Maybe they can. They said, you know, just a, it's just a few examples that they've given. Cool. All right. That was another quick news pod. Again, Slidicon London, May um, 23rd and Slidicon Silicon Valley. Safety date, September 5th. We're about to lock down the venue and let you know where it is. It's going to be a great venue. Cool. That was it for today.